three, two, one. Welcome to Circuit and Gear, podcast about scenic automation and other cool tech. I'm Cody. I'm Christian. I'm Harry. And I'm Mike. Welcome to Machine. Starting at the top of our list, we have the Stagehand Pro 5. It's finally released and out in the wild. Yes, it's super exciting. We've shipped to real customers. Real people other than us have now gotten, yeah. gotten their Stagehand Pro 5s. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. It has been long uh, coming between... It's been a quick 16 months of development. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because big... I think we've don't want to harp on too much about the Pro 5 because I feel like we've across those past 16 months talked about uh, it once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to bore everyone to death, but we're excited about it. Yes. But um, yeah, it's a uh, new drive, new E800 series drive. Yep. Uh, some better circuit protection and lots of cool things in that regard that we're kind of carrying on over from the Pro 4. Yep. Um. We shrank the case down because of that new drive. We were able to get us shrank down to six U for a five horsepower. Uh, Super nice. Pro five. More braking capacity. Oh yeah, huge, huge. The brand new brake resistor in there. So, uh, I think we alluded to maybe the last one or two times ago. The you know old days of yore with giant external brake resistors sitting outside of the stagehand. Those are gone. Right. It's got a. New L2130 or um, L1530 input. So no more con- weird dangly conversion cables yeah. just for your input power. And the big one with the 2130 is that's just standard off the shelf distro, cheap distro that you can, you can buy commodity cables right anywhere. Yeah. Right. If you've got chain hoists, you probably have a couple of those kicking around somewhere. Yeah. So um, that's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. And then burying the lead mm. a bit. Is the Perhaps brand the biggest new change. control yeah. card. Yes. I, I wanted to leave it for last because it's yeah. the most exciting. Top bill. Um, brand new motion controller. Now supporting split A cell, D cell. So And all those yep. status updates uh, that you don't have to deal with any scrolling. Oh, yep. It's, it's got the brand new screen on it. Only is it for the right. first time a week ago. And man, it's all right there. It's all right there. All at once. Right. Yes. Especially, yeah, we have had like consistently kept adding cool new features. But when they would... You'd get an alert or update. You'd kind of be in a little scrolling loop, waiting for your status update on, like, right. say, the Pro Fours. And now it's and all uh, it's all right. There. Better screen. Yeah, because before you had to remember where you started reading, and waited till you <laughs> saw it again to know you got to the end of the list. Yeah. Um, and cool in there too is that on the new control card, because of that new improved screen, you, you know, you used to have the external buttons for brake test and now it's all handled within the UI of that screen and your um, buttons and interface that you're already using. Um, yeah. And just generally a, pretty sweet. a nicer experience setting IP addresses, yeah. testing the brake, doing, yep. doing all the configuration of the stagehand. Yeah. So it's like the inspired mm-hmm. by the, what we were doing on the console at that kind of a menu style but then being able right. to take it even farther now that it's a, a graphic OLED. Mm-hmm. So we can draw lines and fill in colors and whatever we want. So little, oh yeah, we got like little triangles in there for like indicators. Yeah, we triangles, got some circles. Stop signs. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. We got all the shapes. Yeah. <laughs> Not all. It Please. sounds silly, but it is, it is pretty great. Don't write us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
and I think most excitingly, it's like it's just like it's the new platform that we're building on. So it's like kind of a, you know a yeah. bit of a putting a flag in the ground and like kind of moving forward. This is like where we're what we're building from. Yeah, because um, the last one lasted about nineteen years. So this one's for the next nineteen. And right, <laughs> it's a great platform that we've already got plans for the uh, next couple of uh, features, big major features we want to add to it. Which you'll just have to keep right. listening to us in the future to find out what those are but right we now have those options to do it so it's good so that's pretty exciting about the pro 5 is out in the wild and and going along with that is the new version of spike mark right to run said new card we had to develop a whole series of new things in spike mark to be able to you know handle all that new new yeah um, and i say we but i mostly mean ye christian had to do <laughs> a ton of cool new stuff yeah um, it uh we were trying to come up with the list of like, oh, what are our, what were all the things we added? And it feels like it's a very short list for the giant changes that uh, happened. But uh, I think really the biggest one that everybody will see, regardless of if you have new hardware or not, is now the trajectory graph. Yeah. For uh, yeah editing movements. Yeah, which is just so much more right. intuitive way to sort of visualize motion. Yeah. Which Cody, I believe, wasn't that was a that was a push from you. Yeah, that was a thing. Like I was up at the shop and we were talking about stuff and I mm -hmm. was like in a I think we were just having dinner and I was like, yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing that I think would be really sweet to do is and describe the trajectory graph. It's like, but, you know, I know there's so much stuff going on. And then like, I don't know, by like 10 a.m. the next day, you're like, so it would be like, like kind of like something this. like this. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. And then after a little bit more refining and working through it, and now it's it's fully in it. But yeah, so in yeah. now when you go to edit a queue. Mm hmm. As opposed to just a series of boxes and, you know, kind of like Excel spreadsheets to try to pick, you know, what your like, what your trajectory is going to look like. Right. We illustrate live in that little window what your motion profile is going to be. So you see, you know, the kind of steepness of the angle of that acceleration, how far up that graph is your, uh, you know, is that cue really fast or slow? And mm -hmm. then now that we have split ACLD cell, you can see that you can kind of see the shape of that uh, motion profile kind of live um, right. right in the queue. Um, right. And the big one, and the big thing that that's being able to then help you see is like that you've programmed a unobtainable speed. So like you program it to go 36 inches a second and the fastest it's ever going to go is 22.988 inches per second. And then you're just always used to be left there wondering, why didn't that go as fast as I wanted it to? But now, right. now yeah. you can see Right, yeah, you'll see like, oh, this has no flat spot at the top. I just have like a very stout little triangle. What's going yeah. on there? You're like, oh, I, I sent it way faster than I can ever achieve. Mm -hmm. And then it like kind of tracks and makes sense with your total time, you know, and like your, you know, your yeah. theoretical A cells and D cells and stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's a huge one. And that's kind of like you, you, you get that one. I mean, you get it all for free, but you get that one for free for <laughs> sure. Because even if you're on um, uh, the EV6 hardware, hardware, yep. Oh uh, my god. We <laughs> I almost put it in the show notes to talk about. No. EV6. Mm, we're going to talk about it. We have to talk about it. <laughs> so, a little the confusingly, not electric vehicle. Yeah, a little confusingly though is so in the Stagehand Pro 5 is the Unipolar V6 card. Um yes. cuz there was a unreleased version that was just an internal one that never made it to production so we're off by a number so the v6 yeah. the latest one is 
dramatically different, 100% completely different. So it requires special considerations in Spike Mark. And so mm-hmm. needing a way to be able to easily talk about the classic, the bipolar, the unipolar two and three and four. Right. Needed a way to be able to encapsulate because all of those kind of behave in a similar way. And so they take one set of considerations and then the new one takes its own concept set of considerations. So the grouping of all the older stuff is the EV6, earlier than version six. Mm. And Gareth and I, we were, it was, I think it was me, you, and Zach in a meeting. Yeah, and, and we were talking about it. Yeah. And you, oh, and Rada, yes, and Rada. And we were talking about it, and immediately Gareth and I was like, why isn't it pre-V6? And you're like, that's one extra letter. No shot, <laughs> <laughs> can't have it. Charged by the letter, so. EV6, earlier than version 6. Yes. Incomprehensible acronyms are the name of the game. It is. I think Gareth and I (laughs) were both on Google, but we could tell that we were staring at each other. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Just like, what the fuck? It's not like EVs are like a big popular thing that people are talking about in the zeitgeist. Yeah. (laughs) And I just drop it into conversation, and it was like, the second or third time that I said it was when uh, you guys were like, wait, what are you saying? Yeah. You keep saying this thing, and I do not know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. You could have done, like, I don't know. You could do A, D, V, 6, B, C. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, that was a tangent, but <laughs> yes, I forgot about EV6. Well, because it, as it relates to trajectory graph, everybody gets that. But right. for the new split A cell, D cell, the, the older EV6 stuff doesn't support that because it's motion controller based. So if you have a new Pro 5 using the V6 card, then right. you get that second uh, text box for uh, D cell. Wait, but it's EV6 right. and then V6, not correct. AV6. Well, we don't have another one yet. Once we get a V7, well, then we can have uh, AV6, which V6, is 7. V6 plus for version 6 oh plus God. everything else. We're going to have to. But have is it a moment in time or is it like, <laughs> is, is it an era? <laughs> this is what I'm getting to. Um, it's an era. Okay. I mean, V6 this circles plus. back. I mean, yeah. I don't know if any if anyone's tried to order a safety interlock recently, but we have a similar. <laughs> of, oh yeah. We have There's like three classic or four yeah. pro and pro four, but yeah. really you need a pro four to run the pro five. Yeah. We will. We'll and clean honest, that all that up at yeah. some point. It's it's honestly, a little work. There's probably a new one now with the pro five. Cause that connector's changed slightly. No, it works. It works straight through. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Yes, I guess technically we could have mentioned in the Pro 5 that one wire did slightly move. Uh, the yeah. interlock <laughs> signal went from one of them external fault went from yeah. syncing to yeah. sourcing. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. yeah. I left that one off the, the highlights. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody will notice. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody used it, but we, except for us. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, big. Big things in Spike Mark 5.5, split ASL, D cell, uh, which right now you can, if you want to check that out and see what that would look like. If you're in simulator mode, you do get uh, yes. axes mm-hmm. with split ASL, D cell. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
that's cool to check it out so you can see yeah. it. But also, if you're pre-queuing, it's a good thing to note is just, you know, make sure you're... Keep it symmetric. I mean, when you yeah. connect it to... If you have it in simulator and you try to do a bunch of things asymmetric, but then switch to live and connect to something that has the, some EV6 hardware, then then it just locks it down to uh, what the A-cell value was. So it becomes symmetric again. Right. But if you're working up, because also in that same new uh, trajectory graph, you can kind of, there's a little slider between basing mm -hmm. everything off of uh, position and speeds versus yeah. you hit the little slider and it'll go to total right. times and ramp times and things. Yeah. Which is really sweet for conceptualizing motion. Just yeah. like, yeah, I want it to ease off for this long, constant yeah. speed and... And right. just figure it out. And, and you'll still get all of those values from all of the things all in the graph. So as long yes. as you're yeah. like, it doesn't matter which tab you're entering those fields in, all that information is like in front of you while you're editing the queue, which I think was something that as we were developing it, Christian and I were going back and forth about of like, mm -hmm. should you toggle? Should you not toggle? Well, it toggles good if it simplifies your entry for the user as long as like the all the relevant information. information. Yeah. Yeah, still with you. The uh, other big one for the Pro 5 V6 hardware is um, now in Spike Mark, if you go to the Drive Config window, there's a new button, um, and you can load entire uh, VFD parameter sets with two clicks in Spike Mark. Yeah. You no longer have to uh, mess with the keypad or... You know, open it up and spin the dial, and none of that. It's now totally settable through Spike Mark. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's super, super cool. Like I think also along with the Pro Five and mm -hmm. moving towards the E800 drive, the keypad's no longer on the exterior face of the right. stagehand, yeah. Um, which is cool because it saves space and money and blah blah mm -hmm. blah. But also, we were able to now inject more and more of that parameter setting and like pre-bake it in right in spike mark so like you, you less like get up walk over spin the dial more yeah. like you know sit in front of the spike mark computer because modbus has started working super really well. super well yeah especially on the new hardware right yeah and yeah. It's, but especially like also when your, your stage ends are different from your control location and yeah you, know, you just want to just want to change something on the parameters and see how it responds. And you can do that all from your right. operator console yeah. location as opposed to if your stage hands are backstage. Yeah. And, you know, right. and the big reason is, you know, it's like the, oh, I'm controlling a push stick versus I'm controlling a chain motor. And those have wildly right. different parameter sets that they will yeah. not work when it's the wrong one. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Right. Being those able to biggies. keep that. Yeah. And then also added in 5.5 is some other, uh, neat stuff like uh you can now change the default queue color and you can have a custom yeah. color yeah that one's a fun one yeah uh because i think during uh you know in what was this, 2020 2020 we were doing mock-ups for the brand new spike mark 5 major release mm -hmm. um yep i was like yeah and you can change the colors and like just in my mock-ups, there was like a blue that I was using because mm -hmm. uh, like, hey, you use blue or green or, you know, like kind of like relating kind of back to Q colors, but also making kind of neutral colors. Mm -hmm. um, and then like we just it just got baked in as like the default color because it, right. like, it was like a kind of a nice little blue. But yeah. then it would get very confusing if you were trying to set your cues by like, say, Q light or something. And right. your defaults are always blue, but you've got a blue Q light. 
Yeah. And, like, and it's also wasn't one of the colors that was defaulted into the little array of default colors. So then right. you go to change yeah. it, you got to like copy the values and stuff. Yeah. Um, so kind of taking a step it's like okay well if people like that blue you can certainly make it your default color but like probably going to something um more neutral Mm -hmm. uh and like a little bit more themed more in line with the rest of spike mark Mm -hmm. would be a little cleaner and so now yeah so now the default q's header color is like a darker gray which i think matches the gray of like the properties panels and that's the stuff that's kind of actually spike mark yeah and speaking of that also (laughs) Right. remind me of the other point is so during this process you and i were going back and forth we could not agree on a gray color to use because you yes, like the lighter one i did not like the lighter run lighter one because it i thought it looked just um disabled and so right my original inclination was to make it the same as the header colors from like spike mark uh four and mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. of all of those headers which is kind of like a little bit on the darker side of a medium gray mm-hmm um just so like if you were upgrading from the old to the new it would look more similar Mm -hmm. yeah familiar uh but you pointed out that yeah like because of the way that the kind of new disabled states look versus the way disabled states in spike mark four looked like those were distinctly different but yeah when you look at the new stack it wasn't totally apparent yeah um and one of the things that stood in our way there is also if we went too dark with that header color, then the black, text, the black text was yeah. illegible. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I think I even wrote you a ping. that was like, I mean, the cool, <laughs> this is how some of the things come around these days. Like the, <laughs> the coolest thing would be like if the color flipped, but I know that's a pain in the ass to try to get. Yeah. And then, well, and then, so that was so way back uh, when we were releasing five, Gareth and I spent like 30 minutes sitting at my desk having that exact same conversation where it's like the, oh, it would be really great if the text color would change depending on what the Q color, background color was. Right. And we tried some stuff and none of it worked. So we were just like, the, well, just pick a different color for now. We have other things to finish up so we can, mm-hmm. so we can release this. We were headed out to California to meet the rest of you guys there. Um, right. So we were just like, the, well, whatever, just pick a better color. Um, but then, so key point here is we never actually Googled it to see, like, it seems kind of like a common thing. <laughs> I wonder how everybody right. else does it. And turns out there's a pretty simple formula for computing <laughs> the luminance value. And there's a pretty right. standard, uh, value for when you switch from one to the other to keep the right kind of contrast ratio between the foreground and the background color. And so we have a, uh, summer intern, Zach, who's uh, here with us this summer. And that was uh, mostly working with me in uh, Spike Mark stuff. And uh, that was his first uh, was his first task there was uh, implement that. Right. Uh, so now, depending on whatever color you pick for the Q color, you'll always be able to read the text because it'll switch between black and white. Yeah. I do I do really like, I mean, it's, it's super awesome. It's yeah. super, super cool. Like, yeah. uh, it was immediately like, oh, hell yeah. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that trickles through in other places like tags and yep. like through other places in the software as well, which is pretty sweet, like to get that little like nugget of an idea kind of filtered through the rest of Spike Mark. Yeah, um, I do. I liked that you first day of having an intern, you're like, what are those things in bugs that Cody put in forever ago that I just <laughs> wholly ignored? 
<laughs> you're like, yeah, throw him on a stack. We'll get sacked to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, Cody's been bitching like... about these things for a while, so yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I wasn't bitching about it. I just let I made a bug and I never mentioned it. It's <laughs> like let me make a feature request and we'll come back around. Yeah. Um, that and along with that, he also quick hit uh, the default axis color was also that same blue. So the oh, little yeah. like mm-hmm. node that's kind of like your default tag color um, mm-hmm. that was kind of like when you look in a queue on that left hand side, you get that little bubble um, yeah. has just always been that blue. And mm-hmm. if you tag an axis for something different, it'll be like yeah, that green or that red or that blue or yep. whatever. Um, but at the moment, it just even if it had no tags, it would default to looking blue, yeah. which is also a little bit of a weird thing. So mm-hmm. he made that like opacity fall out um, and only show up if you have a tag specified. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and the colors flip on those tag colors as well. So that was pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. Like he hit that like day two <laughs> very yeah. quickly. Very quickly. Um, yeah. It, it did work mostly right it off the worked, bat. It worked for most people right off the I, bat. I was talking to Gareth and I was like, oh yeah, it's pretty sweet. Zach's like, week one he's already got some commits and code it's already out in the in the wild and then and he was like yeah it did except it did yeah. crash a little bit yeah <laughs> for a couple people yeah because that yeah. uh it's a registry value now for what you want your default queue color to be and on a brand new install of spike mark like never before installed the on a new computer the parent key yeah doesn't exist yet and we mm-hmm. weren't checking for that uh um we weren't checking to see if that key existed. We were just assuming it existed, and that was a problem. Yeah. So if you had a brand new machine and were super super excited to install the latest and greatest of spike marks on it, yeah, I, you were a little we sad promise for the first day. It, for the first day, yeah. <laughs> we are sorry. I don't want to knock your uh, exciting buildup of getting spike yeah. mark on a new machine for it yeah. to just always immediately crash. crash. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just load crash load crash um it's it's better now it's better now it doesn't do that it is better now and i Uh, pay much more close attention to all the things now too but along with that too on the quick hit list of 5.5 uh features would be there's some new shortcuts that are coming into the fray into the mix yeah so there's uh alt the alt key and the r key now resets any of the drives that are selected so if you have three stage hands selected you can do alt r Mm-hmm. And it'll uh, send the reset commands, which is mostly a thing I wanted because I was doing a lot of testing and a spike mark over in a 15, and I was routinely faulting all of them all at once because that's what I was going for. But then I had to right. have to manually go through. I wasn't loving that. Click, 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 so click, click. I made right. that better. I love that too because usually when we're commissioning machines, that's happening a lot too. Yeah. It's great for us. And yeah, now that Mod Trust or Modbus works so well. It's yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, oh, that button would be a danger button. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that shortcut would be like, oh, yeah. don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. But then the other cool one, too, is so if you do um, shift forward slash, a.k.a. question mark, it now will uh, bring up a list of all the keyboard shortcuts. Because mm-hmm. it turns out there's quite a bunch in spike mark. And uh, right. we may or may not have borrowed that idea from Gmail. Yes, yes. I think that was a Zach request. Like we were sitting in that meeting. It's like, hey, actually, can we do that thing that other people do? And we're like, yes, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Good, good shout. 
Yeah. We were just going to put it on mouse pads that printed poorly that didn't make it to the SITT, <laughs> but sure. Uh, <laughs> it's real depressing, the mouse pad. There'll be, there'll be another V, and they'll probably, it'll need an update because of all the There's two more now. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the last thing that was on the list was the, you're dipping toes. I mean, this is now probably moving forward into newer things, but also currently the uh, simulator uh, required yes. some revisions. Yeah, so we had to do a little bit of work in uh, in the simulator because we now support the split ACLD cell, and so all of that uh, all that math before was able to be simplified because it was it was symmetric. But now right. that uh, that you can change those values, and you also couldn't change those values on the fly. So once it started, it was locked into that, and now that that is no longer the case, you have to do the full right. equations. And uh, turns out there's also another um edge case very big edge case now that is a uh, capable of happening is uh overshooting the position your original target and you know you load a trajectory that's it's not capable of hitting that target at that time mm -hmm. so what ends up happening is it will go past it down to zero down to a zero speed and then it will reverse back to the target position and so there's there's a bunch of math and changes that had to happen around that um is cool it's cool it, new card stuff yeah <laughs> but also turned um, down to be a much longer process than uh, initially uh, anticipated <laughs> it's like the oh right. just gotta change this one little thing real quick and then you know about three weeks later got it all sorted so yeah but that's good that's good because yeah. the other th yeah. you, you might be thinking like oh it's just simulator doesn't matter all that much and except for uh, we use the simulated data out for all of the projection stuff. So OSC, right. output, watch out, PSN. Right. That is all now sorted and coming to a release near you soon. Yeah, so you had banged on a bunch of that stuff and then we went into like a little a little testing round on all that stuff. Yeah, we spent uh, about a month. Uh, I think this was probably last time you were up. I Yeah. Uh, I got you to help me with uh, setting some stuff up in uh, 15. And you're like, great, so what's the plan? And I was like, oh to God. put these two tracks up. It's like, great, like, but what's the plan? <laughs> to put these two tracks up. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> we used some tracks and some mounts and some stuff from a previous gig that we had done with some big traveler tracks, uh, which was right. the cool cargo M tracks. Yeah. Uh, which as a side note there too, is, and we rent, we have it in stock and we rent it. So you could use it. That's too. True. We've, we, you could have, it could be your track to run stuff on. Yes. Um, Super nice. But yes, then the plan of like, where do the, hoist go to hang the track what's the track attached to is it just the track hanging or is the track hanging off a truss right. and cool what height should that go. truss be at so that we can get the push sticks in line and how far apart those should those tracks be from each other so the push sticks aren't in each other's way and yeah some jazz you want these happens. push sticks yeah. it was yes i did it was like jazz it was like a little <laughs> screw up here with a, with a little turn around yeah. and a, with a bit of squid yeah. redirect yes yeah Redirect. Yes. What type should be the track be at? And yes, so it doesn't interfere. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because those things are things that I do all the time mm -hmm. uh, in design land for gigs. But then to like do it in the moment and then also like 
the shop has been rearranged. I don't rearranged. I don't know, roughly like thirty times in the past uh, <laughs> <laughs> year or two. I don't know. Uh, Wherever you think it is, it's wrong. Yes, it's it wrong. There like, three times I, ago. Yeah. We have to put these push sticks down, and I need to anchor them to the floor. Where are the anchors, and where are where is the drill? <laughs> You're like, oh, that's over there. And like, it's like at some certain points, I'm like, I know what we need to do. I just don't know where any of the stuff is to do yeah. this stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I need so an adult. <laughs> everyone can have the Rhode Islander experience of like, hey, that used to be over by there. Yeah, right. Referring to yes. landmarks that don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we got there and we did during the process. You also got to rope your very first winch. Yeah. That was the first time I'd ever done it. Woo. Yeah. Did you get the push stick right the first try? Um, yeah, I think so. Yes. It was, it was a little bit like, uh, the movie ghost though. (laughs) hovering behind less clay more am steel yeah yeah. exactly exactly. i walked into unit 15 i was like whoa okay i'm gonna let you guys do your thing you guys should get some shirts back on this is inappropriate (laughs) Uh, this roping does not require that much lube (laughs) um yes so yeah i had never done it I was very surprised by that because, like, I mean, there have been push sticks parked in front of your desk and spot lines parked in front of your desk. And All it's funny yeah, to yeah. just be like, oh, yeah, but they don't ever move. They don't attach they anything to, to them. They spin and and they're move. just a spin. Yeah. yeah. I Intellectually, I understand the idea of roping a winch. But then you do it. And then you're like, right, 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 right. Um, so that was a fun one. Yeah. Um, and then we also, so then you were... S- beat up on some test boards and some drives that you kind of had the yeah. guts of stage hands on. Yeah. One was very right. clean. The other one yeah. was a disaster. Uh, well, it's the one that was around boards. for the longest and uh, went <laughs> through several um, revisions with less and less care given each time to how nicely it was wired. Yes. Cause yeah, the, cause this was right before it went into production. So we didn't have any uh, built units yet. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Those were still waiting to push through, yeah. like the first kind of round of, because um, I oh yeah, because that was happening at the same time I was up at the shop. You like had yeah. the guts versions of them on the table, yeah. And then I was like walking through Lucas building the first hero profile, yeah. Uh, so that would s- several weeks, almost a month of pushing, you know, yep, running two okay. tracks, comparing positions, grouping them together, yep, seeing what happens do. when you fault them. Yep, trying to do everything, uh, everything you might actually do for realsies when you're trying to uh, use a pro. So yeah, and then you un- there was a, like about a week there that we unleashed uh, our other new intern Lillian on it, right? Yep, yep. She spent a bunch of time on it. Um, Zach spent a day on it. Uh, Rada spent some time on it. I think Zep spent some time on it. Um, yeah, yeah. Trying to get the. Uh, as many people to touch it before it went out as possible. <laughs> That's the easiest right. time to fix things is before anybody else has it. So Right. That is true. Because also that at the same true. time as we were doing the track stuff in 15, um, Bo was building Spotline V2s to go out, and he was also using one to do the commissioning mm-hmm. of that. Right. Yeah. And then here <laughs> in New York, in my apartment, I had the new Spike Mark V running an old apprentice 
and bumping no. into mm-hmm. yeah. other stuff there too. Like <laughs> how's just, the new stuff as, field stuff. Yeah. Right. Like everyone had the new hotness. So, like the new hotness is working great. And I like, I loaded up, uh, my apprentice and went to change like the Q color as we were talking about the default Q color. And it just kept crashing. Like, yeah, totally crashing. And I was like, Oh, what the Q color doing? And you're like, Oh, it's this. You pointed out. You're like, Oh, it's the same pop up as total time. And it was, yeah. Some, and that was the thing that was doing. It was the, uh, Total and ramp time. Yes. Some bad math was dividing yeah. by a bad number or something. Yeah. You know, those numbers you're not supposed to use for division was happening. So you're like N it was it. Yeah. N A S. Like, what's happening there? Like, oh, it's gone. It's gone. It's dead. It's and dead. it's dead. And <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it's gone. Yeah. Just trying to argue with about I think it should be like a fifty percent gray or maybe a sixty percent gray. And then, yeah, it keeps <laughs> crashing though. It's like, how about we start with that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we made it through the other end and it is now out yes and into the public and waiting to waiting to see what happens with that right yes it is i'm sure it's bulletproof but also let us know if it's not <laughs> <laughs> you guys you all are never too yeah. slow to uh to let us know yeah <laughs> so yeah because uh is it like five of them out there now six of them out there in the wild now Something like three, that, I yeah. see. Mm. But I think we've shipped a couple more just just very recently. Oh, actually, too, because we were waiting on. Uh, we ordered a huge batch of uh, of our big chunky uh, brake resistors from uh, right from RS, and uh, they uh, finally came in stock. So I believe we're getting a big shipment of uh, brake resistors, which means we can build more crank uh, more pros out pro fives out now. Yeah, so. Get your order yeah. in. Yeah, the internal wire. I mean, it was a. And I know we're bouncing around a lot, but the Pro Fives, the internal wiring that Lucas did on the like kind of real production run was pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like it was. Yeah. Uh, we're we're working through the like kind of like we're in a bit of a transition period in the electrical shop of kind of like lots of folks from the past, like pre twenty twenty and. Mm-hmm kind of moving to new people and training people up. Uh, so mm-hmm. this was like the first major product that Lucas was doing the like wire planning and making kind of the first hero units on. Um, yep. And so yeah. huge shout out to him because that was pretty sweet, like totally laying it out. So if you are one of the lucky folks that just got a new Pro 5 and you want to crack that hinge open on the front face panel, uh, <laughs> you can see all of the good hard work that Lucas uh, went through to get those really clean And I think that's a runs. nice process that we've been getting more accustomed to in general across like all control products it's like there's just like okay and now we're going to take the paths to like tidy up the wiring and really get those like really nice and yeah yeah. here's here's right zip type lock template this one goes on top of that one i often post on Basecamp. i'm sure big long posts that people roll their eyes at as they read down but i did (laughs) another one for the pro 5 wiring where i was like here are examples of like cool nema cabinets and places of like good wiring we should use this as our guide and then like did like a ms paint wire layout kind of pathing guide for the pro like while it's open Um, here's where the wire should run and right maybe a zip tie block here and a zip tie block there and yeah because it really helps for uh serviceability is when you can actually open it up and get to the things without the wires being uh pulled out of things or uh, spaghetti mess yeah right yeah and i think that's yeah always, it's, it's definitely been a lot more so on the product side but i think it's also like 
everyone's just like, oh, and this is how we do it. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. on the, I've been mm-hmm. seeing a lot of the one-off electrical build stuff recently, and it's just like, oh, everyone's stepping their game up on yeah. keeping it clean, which is yeah. great. Not just like, hey, right. this is short short batch, so it's, no, we hold it all to the same standard, which is great. Which is great for me, because I, I can be persnickety on those things. Like, sweet, 90 degrees. Look yeah. at those cable <laughs> service pins. Oh, yeah. you're crushing it. <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's exciting in electrics land. Speaking of uh, some cool, uh, Harry was just mentioning in the custom projects sort of land, uh, th- there is a just a host of them pushing through the shop, like yeah, right yeah. now and for the next like month or two. It's just like Harry and I have been nosing the, to the grindstone, designing custom <laughs> gigs for the past several for I don't know the past month or two. Well, yeah, pretty much the first half of the year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we haven't done any of the product summit stuff mostly because we've been head deep in yeah, that's true. custom gigs that are all going out bang, 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 bang through the summer. Right. right. And then they're all roughly want to be built in July. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we'll figure uh, it out. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, so you've been you've been hitting it pretty heavy on a, a gig that we we've lined up with ProTech out in Vegas. Um, yeah, with some some custom hoists. Yeah, so, yeah. So they got a pretty cool pro- project. The first kind of first one, a custom one going through the shop uh, this summer is it's got twelve axes of custom machinery. So there's like seven hoists that are like yo- uh, two horsepower yo-yo hoists, um, and then there's five uh, center-driven rotators with like a geared slew ring and uh like a half horsepower motor with the pinion driving that um so the five that there's five hoists that go with those rotators so it's a multi-axis effect spin and hoist um and then two of the hoists are just hoists alone um that's pretty cool yeah it's pretty yeah pretty cool and uh sort of sort of small but also like the multi-axis thing kind of adds a little bit of yeah pizzazz to it um so yeah right. that, i think that one was off the bat, it was like the tricky part was just like getting things in time because I think they, I think we sort of kicked it off in, in earnest in beginning of March mm-hmm. um, for a, you know, a July delivery. So that was a lot of the conceit of like the selection of components was like, well, what can we get? Yeah. Well, we'll be here in time. And also like, right. That's up to our standard of machinery and not just like, you know, we got to make enough of them that like we really want this to, we want to be able to build it test it, make sure we like it, and then, you know, a hero unit like we like to do, and then uh, do the production run of the rest of them. So um, so that was sort of uh, almost like a month ago now. Uh, we were building the hero units for for that gig. Um, so one of the ho- one of the rotators and one of the hoists. Um, and uh, Breezy and Rada banged it out like usual uh, in awesome fashion, you know, getting that assembled mechanically and electrically. Um, and they're pretty cool. Uh, they, they, you know, for the most part on the mechanic side just worked, uh, you know, got some notes here and there, but, uh, it's really great to be able to sort of get the reps in on a hero article to, you know, be like, oh, okay, well we can zhuzh this hole and get these plates recut and kind of fix some quality of life notes that will, you know, all the functionality was there, but it's just like, yeah, it could be stiffer. It could be Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. easier to get to this bolt and that one there and switch that one to a low head, whatever. And then also <laughs> dovetailing with this, because we've got orders galore, uh, I think also for Spotlight Mini V2. We'll talk more about that probably in another episode, but we were kind of using the hoist here as a, 
opportunity to play off with some of the parts for the next generation of Spotlight Mini. Um, so hopefully right. we're we were playing with the same gear motor um, and load brakes and rotary limits that we're probably going to be using on that uh, machine, which is Cody's working on now, right? Or yeah, working trademark. yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as much as any of us are actually working on anything that's from our product summit at the moment, it's a lot of custom yeah. stuff. But <laughs> we have a lot of um, like theoretical design work to be doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I think the there was like two. You know, there's the Spotlight Mini that V2 that's coming out um, soon. TM. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's it's ideally it's the same two horsepower motor and. And the, and brakes um, and I think yeah the limits and, and will look bearings. a lot like the Spotline V two that you were working on last at uh, last year and into this year right yeah yeah like use that as kind of our thematic base um, but then like reduce the horsepower uh, so we essentially save as much cost and weight out of the design as we can um, right mm-hmm. weight size and cost and just try to use it as shrink it down as much as we can. But also that two horsepower is kind of that little magic number because that's the lower end threshold of our pro controllers right. um, for our five horsepower drives. So yeah. if we can use the same drive as, you know, a pro uh, standard like that we've been making, then you could get a cheaper machine. And we don't have to have another line of controller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that two horsepower is also I'm sure we'll talk about this later in the world, but the two horsepower is kind of that sweet spot too. Of um, you can get a two horsepower, you know, fully ran at 200 volt single phase as well. So like, without oh, yeah. reduction in torque and stuff. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, the two horsepower is like an exciting little thing that we're getting pretty excited about uh, mm-hmm. in design land. There's a, I would say a 60 percent model done sitting in Fusion right now that Harry and I were mulling over yesterday a bit um that yeah it's looking good maybe in the maybe in the fall we'll we'll, uh, we'll build up the first one well definitely uh, in the fall because i think not we have some maybe. customers yeah. who, who have ordered them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i say maybe we'll be shipping some in the, probably in the fall uh <laughs> but more like august when all of the custom gigs leave we'll have a, a round of um kind of like uh, our first design sprint done on them but yeah yeah it's it's, it, it's cool to see that stuff um we were able to like throw in it just like, Hey, we need a couple of these motors for, uh, this gig for, with ProTech. just throw an extra one on there. Like, Oh, we need yeah. some brakes for this gig. Yeah. Just throw an extra one. And, on there. Oh, and then good. it's, and then it's been like the, the custom gigs keep coming. And then we're like, Oh, can you do another one? And another one. Oh, just, just <laughs> and keep incrementing one? that up. Yeah. Bump. Okay, cool. You're going to hold the ship date. Hopefully. We'll hopefully. See. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, I think a lot of those components have been pretty sweet. You know, there's the, the gear motor is, you know, another SCW, so obviously rock solid and mm-hmm. just easy mm-hmm. works. Um, but I think the load brake has also been really cool. We went over to switched over to the Meyer Silencio brakes um, for this one, um, which has been pretty sweet. Um, it's a lot lighter than the KEB load brakes that we were, mm. we have been working with on the Spotline big boy uh, for a while. So that's, so that's right. pretty nice in terms of the weight savings. Um, and it does that, you know, it's a little different in the sense that we're the, whereas the KB ones kind of come with their own mounting flange, which is the mm-hmm. friction wear surface, you provide your own. But this kind of provides an opportunity to, like, you reduce a lot of that weight potentially mm-hmm. for that mounting flange. And you're going to have some structure there that you're mounting the 
load break two in any event, and that can just be your friction surface. So it's a it's a cool little like for a more integral tight package. Seems like a a win. Yeah, they're cool. They're really cool. Um, they're pretty sweet. In, in, in a previous life, I I think we previously used to have some Meyer brakes on the Spotline V1s, and then in other walks of life, afforded a fair amount of Meyer brakes. It was, it was like we still cool. have one like um like an old never got built into a Spotline V1 Meyer brake sitting around here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then the, yeah, and the our, our sales rep guy was like, oh yeah, I remember Cody. Say hi to him for me. <laughs> He bought a lot oh, of brakes yeah, for me yeah. at one point in time when he worked <laughs> yeah. at a different place. Good old Joe Frazita. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. And funny enough is now we're talking to them much more and you're doing all the talking. I'm like, I, I know these people. Yeah. It's, it's not that big of a world. Um, same guy. Or, yeah. Same guy. Oh yeah. The, the, the stage and apprentice was, has also been kicking, kicking ass on the, uh, for the rotate axis. We've been using the new, well, the sort of half new, Stagehand Apprentice uh, for permanent install. You want to talk about that a little, Cody? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, across like the past, I don't know, two or so years, two, three years, we've taken a, another crack through of um, not just UL compliance, but kind of just like bolstering our um, our circuit protection and kind of just like upping our game in the in the wiring world and electrical yeah, world. Making it, making it simpler to just drop it in. So like if the branch circuit protection exists on the stage hand and you don't have to worry about making right. sure it exists elsewhere in your building kind of a kind of a stuff which was a particular concern on this gig was just like that that way they didn't have to provide branch circuit protection to any of them which is just on board for all of them yeah and then there was right. also this other weird little requirement for just for this gig mostly just to have because we've got brand new you got the stage pro fives with the v6 card mm -hmm. but we were we're using because we already had them built in the timeline on this project we're using Stagehand Pro 4s, which used the V5 card. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to match those onto the Apprentice as well so that across the board they're using the same Stagehand control cards. Mm -hmm. So that's a little inside right. baseball about like why these <laughs> Stagehand Apprentices exist. <laughs> right, yeah. So they're kind of like this half step between the original Stagehand Apprentice and the new Stagehand Apprentice that is coming uh, sometime in the future. Um, that design work is just about done, but not not fully baked um, to get out into the wild mm -hmm. just yet. Um, yeah, so we carried it over like a bunch of the stuff from the Pro 5s, uh, like the kind of layout and shape of the case with the hinged face plate. And um, yeah. like it, before we kind of had really wide ears, uh, rack ears on the apprentices, um, which I think most customers just kept on and rack mounted them. So we just kind of like took up the space with the case uh, like we yeah. do with the pro fives um, and we were able to do like some more interesting layouts um, inside the case to get to add yeah. the circuit protection and so we have input circuit breaker we have um, fuses for the low voltage so mm -hmm. it's all more in line um, with the pro um, pro five yeah. sort of yeah. circuit protection side of things um, but just kind of sleeked everything up yeah and also with the expanded case, now supports uh, a whole host of various uh, brake resistors because they can occasionally, and when I say occasionally, I mean like every other time, be difficult to get the same one, and they all <laughs> that slightly is differently. <laughs> yes. And now we have the solution space for all of those. Yes. <laughs> and by solution space, we just mean holes. Before there was PEM studs, <laughs> and it just made it impossible yeah. to actually put something yeah. else in the case well like, i mean uh, like this... enough of physical volume <laughs> yeah that's true that's true 
um, up against so it is things. slightly it is only slightly larger than the old one um but mm-hmm. you know it now like if you have a rack loaded up with a pro or with an apprentice and you want to swap in a pro they're the same rack you so you can just like you know yeah it's all the it's, same slot it's all the same kind of slotting and um it's the same now the case is the same depth as uh the showstopper base too That's which is kind of cool, cool. So yeah, like all of that up. inside your rack. So little shorty jumpers to jump between the two and things like that. It all kind of dresses in um, really nicely. Um, and everything's like on the center axis of the like front panel. Like no like apprentices. The screens are on the left and pro threes. <laughs> the screens are on the right. And like like everything's just kind of dancing. <laughs> Did this the bother plate. you, Cody? <laughs> I can't oh tell. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh and so now if you rack them up <laughs> they're all they all line up right along center and it does look right it looks right like if you have a pro racked up the new pro 5 racked up with the well this is the apprentice 1.5s but i've got the models for the apprentice twos uh they all just you know line up yeah. line up and look good um, and i do have i mean this project's got a bunch of it's gonna have the, the, the staggering of apprentice pro apprentice pro right next to each other so i, I can't wait until they're all in that rag just in Vegas and they're all just lined up so nicely. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be great. It'll be sweet. And these ones are these are the one twenty one horse uh flavor. And then it's mostly, you know, again most of the, the the sizing of the effects on this one was just like, what's the smallest motor that works with our stock controllers? Yeah. Right. Let's, we'll go with those because <laughs> that's all we need. Yeah. Right. Especially considering the those are the VFDs we now just keep on the shelf. So Right. Yeah. It's not something custom we have to order. We're going to have a much easier time hitting the uh, ship deadlines. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, speaking of just like cranking out controllers, because I feel like there's just been so many going through the shop, you were doing, because for the other the other custom project we were, we've been talking about, uh, doing some work for the Geffen Playhouse, you, Cody, you designed yet another stagehand. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah as we were doing the show notes i was like oh yeah there's that stage hand and there's that stage hand and there's that stage hand yeah there's a yet another stage hand pro um this would be the stage hand pro uh seven and a half horsepower but it'll be running like 480 uh class yeah um, input voltage for some permanent install like line set hoists that are out in a in a existing theater yeah yeah, um, yeah. So the so the Geffen Playhouse came up came to us with uh, they have six line set hoists that uh, are running on an old system, um, and they're they're having some performance issues and uh, use our gear for show automation. So they wanted to retrofit those to uh, SpecMark Control. Um, so that's sort of like the other big custom project going through the shop right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I was working on the hero build for that like directly the week after we got through the ProTech stuff. Um, and so the gig was re- getting a junction box on there to get our typical machine controllers, a 480 volt variant yeah. versions of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting the, the motor and the brake and the encoders that exist on there wired in. Um, and then additionally, those each of the hoists have two load cells that we had to aggregate into a single output. Um, so they're mounted to the head block and sense the load on the on the re- the resultant as the all the lines going through there. Um, and then we're also adding uh, cross groove functionality. So there's like f- their four line hoists. They're actually relatively short battens. Um, so getting cross groove detection on each of those in case you were to jump a groove on the drum. Um, and then also adding some rotary limits just because uh, the, the ones on the hoist were not very retrofittable. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, those were <laughs> those were gnarly. Uh, <laughs> they're like yeah, buried yes, inside the hoist, and I yeah, yeah. I thought of. I mean, that was the original uh, hope was to just use the ones there, but I far be it from me to figure out a way to do that. And and there was some integration like the implementation was not straightforward. Well, I guess in terms of like the, they're using a ground out sensor for your ultimate limits wasn't going to be oh, really viable right. for us, right? For various electrical reasons, and then from a safety perspective, it's probably just better to do a four four pole switch. So we added a rotary limit thing on there, and we're uh, pretty capable of uh, adding rotary limits to things at this point. It's a yeah. it's a it's a trick we've pulled out many times before. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have, and now yeah. we got all these different, uh, we, you know, that that was the other option of uh, rotary limits, which you might see in uh, across our product line in the near future. Asterisk, right. Asterisk. Wait, wait to hear true. more soon. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so we, we got, got one a of whole those. heap of parts. Yeah, we got all the grab and switches. We got a grab bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's great. I mean, just having those around for for our stock machine builds, it just makes it a lot easier when someone comes up and is like, "Hey, I got this custom machine. I want to." you know, retrofit and you're like, we got it. it. It can totally be any sensor you want as long as it's one of these sensors we already have here. Right. Um, <laughs> it can be any encoder you want. So long as it's this, this one, one that we put on everything, everything. <laughs> with that. I mean, that's been, yeah, that's been awesome. The way to go encoder products with the 260. Yeah. So, oh, model um, 260, 584. Love it. But the other thing about the, uh, this one too is Harry, you did the, uh, you did the electrical design on this one too. Did yeah, we were we were talking earlier that uh, it was like the week that I was doing all the the load cell uh, prototyping, taking the two they're like zero to ten volt output signals, and they have to you know we have to convert them to the four to twenty milliamp that we take in on the staging card. Yep. So I was doing all the prototyping for that. Christian's across the way roping a winch, and we're like, what? The? <laughs> it's Bizarro Week. Like, why are? How did this happen? Right, because yeah. yeah, you were programming PLCs. Yeah, <laughs> not, not what I usually yeah. do. Um, but it was great, um, and I didn't smoke anything important. Um, <laughs> it's very. I like, I like the qualifier of important. This is why we have fuses. <laughs> <laughs> They're very oh, yeah, cheap. yeah, that's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. You also were given a a load cell amp that was pre-smoked that you're like, motherfucker. I'm yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it didn't help like... that <laughs> that it came from the manufacturer, like improperly calibrated or whatever. Yeah, because when we found yeah. out that like the whole batch was wrong. Oh yeah, they so didn't, I was like, didn't did support I... the input voltage. I was like, yeah. did I do that? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even hook it up. Yeah. Already yeah. fucked. Um, oh, and that was also continuing down this tangent. That was also it. the time when I had taken all the chain falls that exist in our building, and I had used them over in fifteen. <laughs> and you needed to uh, suspend some weight to test out your load cells. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can't get the two because. So let me give a little more context there, which is the. <laughs> Geffen sent us one of the hoists. They derigged it and sent it to us so we could prototype on the real deal. Yeah. Um, and everyone, you just go like, imagine it's upside down right now and it will be just like that. <laughs> Except like the load cells that are on that hoist, I wanted to test with mm -hmm. those, but they're, you can't just, without fully disassembling oh, the machine, yeah, you yeah. can't get to them because there's like the hoist extrusion and they're bolted to that. But on the underside where you would normally loosen the bolts, there's this stiffener piece of, the two pieces of aluminum channel mm -hmm. that's like, pretty much like you got to pull like almost every other bolt that's holding the machine together to get that off and right. thus get to the load cell. So I was like, 
not Ouch. really uh, <laughs> it's not really a great path to be able to get it out of there yeah or testing aside from like yeah. actually rigging up the hoist so i so just to prove out the concept i had like two other right. load cells right. and i was doing like the thing that uh, because we have you know some i beams overhead in the office mm-hmm. um that it was just trying to do like a chain fall and then pick up some weight on two different cells and then get the the voltage output and then run it through a PLC and then that would output it to a right. to a milliamp thing. Take the average and change the output from voltage to current. Right, but just because of like resource use in the shop that week, because like nothing was easy. There were there weren't even <laughs> chain falls to pick up the load, so I was like grabbing like the jankiest <laughs> ass like wire rope come alongs we had and <laughs> like <laughs> yeah okay there's 400 pounds on that one there's another 350 yeah all right because yeah, we had for some reason we had sold off or sent away or whatever half of our chain falls and i had uh, stolen the other three to hang my uh track rig for uh testing the uh this this Oh yeah, that was when we remembered. Yeah. Like we we thought we had a lot of chain falls, but then we realized that we had so, yeah we yeah. had sold them, and then we got more. We, N- now we have five chain mm-hmm. falls. Well, they sent us the wrong yeah. ones though. Oh goddamn! We ordered the twenty foot ones, but they sent us the fifteen foot ones. Oh come on! <laughs> but yeah, it was it was pretty hot and heavy over in Unit Fifteen. There was because yeah, uh, Christian had his rig up for about a month, and it was like okay, I need to get in there. The day after that comes down, we're going to do a changeover, and we're going to go right up into putting a big Madras rig to to rig this hoist so we can, like, we had gotten all the production, the like sort of first article hero unit of all the features we were adding to the hoist, the the cross groove, the, the yep. load stuff, the J-box and all that jazz. Um, and so we were going to, you know, t- put weight on it, test all the things under load as you do to make sure mm-hmm. that they're all functioning properly. Um, so, yeah, like Bo and Aline crushed that, getting that, that all, you know, derigged on the old on the track, the two track rig, and putting up the big new one, Montrose Arch. And in the middle of all of that too is, you know, that's where our wood shop is. So build a bunch of crates and stuff, <laughs> and that's also where our time saver is. So sand a bunch of aluminum plates. plates yep. And it's also where we store half of our rental inventory. So get rearrange all of that, out. get some stuff out, put some stuff up, yeah. and. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of sneaking of the forklift between yeah, in tight, <laughs> tight spaces. spaces. Yeah, I just remember right. walking into that that at one point, like towards the end of when you were doing the stagehand testing, mm-hmm. and like I don't know who it was was cutting something on the panel saw, just spewing <laughs> dust into the two like cardboard. Compl- yeah, ca- the, the oh yeah, car- yeah, cutting cardboard <laughs> better. Just like it was just like dust everywhere into the, like the oh, exposed non enclosed breadboarded stagehands, stage yeah. and I'm just like, hey, are you worried about that? You're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it hasn't got fire yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a problem till it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'll, you'll know. I'll tell you when it's a it's problem. problem. <laughs> you'll smell it. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was it was tight over there. Um but yeah, we got the got the hoist all rigged up and running and uh proved out all that stuff. Um there was there was some, you know, fun shenanigans just learning as you work through the hoist, just choices about like how that thing works and um and then the whole fact that we were going in with the whole the impression that they were they're very very prominently advertised throughout the documentation we had about them being 180 foot per minute hoist which is three feet per second mm-hmm. max speed um and until i had to tuning and i was like man they, they work fine at 34 inches a second uh but then i started trying to do q uh motion at 36 inches a second and it just was choppy and terrible yeah. and horrific and uh, then I just like, no, I mean, it took me longer than just figuring it out. But I, I was just like, let me just check that like that actually is and 
with the RPM output at the motor at 68 hertz and mm -hmm. compare that to the diameter of the drum and how fast this can spool. And it's like, oh, these are 34 inches a second hoist. So <laughs> different. So I'm going to need to overspeed them a little bit to hit that. Yeah. Which, and then as soon as I change like the, the gain frequency, yeah, on, 125. 125 for the win. Yep. No problem whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the other thing too is in that process is you were using a new stagehand. So you got to mess around with the tuning on that, which yeah. is a little bit different than the. Same parameters, but just number-wise and stuff end up being a little bit different than uh, the EV6 stuff. <laughs> it took me a second. Wait, what is he talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we were talking God. about that earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just right. just to be clear, like, we don't actually refer to them by this. This is We're doing this as a, as a bit. No, 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 no. You might be. We don't. <laughs> Christian is, is not doing a bit. We thought yeah, he was doing a bit. Doing a bit. <laughs> Do we, we don't even know in. anymore. <laughs> Uh, um but yeah so, so <laughs> no that the the brand new stagehands just worked out of the box which was sweet um so that was easy to, it was great to eliminate any concerns on there and then on the yeah working with the the v6 card was pretty sweet pretty awesome because we were just you know as we're we're working on field wiring a hoist to a to a you know a J box that's very bespoke and just mm -hmm. like figuring out the pinout and everything and like you know documentation did not turn out to be correct and what not? What a surprise! Um, uh -huh. But it's it's just sweet to like you know you turn on the stage and you got your statuses all right there and it's like all right let's just start working on the list let's yeah. do the limits now let's do the cross group now let's do the load cell now let's you know it's, right it's uh there's your path to victory is like make all those those triangles those illuminated yeah. <laughs> and you'll yeah. be good to go oh um, and in the tuning front in spike mark mm -hmm. now in the like you can sit in the tuning right like in position you can see the position lag. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's true too. Right yeah, there, hot and hit reset and like, like yeah, yeah. yeah You'll the, explain uh, it better error. than I can. Yeah, the position. Yeah, yeah. Error. So like, so you can now see the live position error. So while you're trying to do the tuning, you can see are the numbers you're changing actually affecting having an effect. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that was that was pretty useful um, throughout. I, I mean, uh, yeah, honestly, it was a feature that's, that's been around for a while. Was that was really useful? Was the the, the frequency output? <laughs> that was oh, the one that was uh -huh. like, huh? It's uh, trying to peak at sixty nine going sixty nine hertz going at uh, three hertz per second. I don't think this is fast enough. That was yeah. the the smoking the, uh, gun. The motion analyze. Yes. Yeah. Motion analyze. Right. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Like as we were as I was fiddling, it was yeah, it's just super easy to. Not the, in this case, the stage end was five feet away from me, but it did save sure. me those five <laughs> feet of walking. So I'll I'll, I'll be thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then and you know there's some other fun, kooky things about these hoists because they they don't have electromechanical load brakes; they're overrunning brakes, so they freewheel up and uh, pull through down. So you know your your 1,200 pound capacity load is sort of being offset as by this break this friction disc you're scrubbing through or two friction discs you're scrubbing through, um, which is kind of a cool. Like, you know we've we've done some other effects with. Mechanic, purely mechanical load breaks before. Um, they, I think they all have their own kookiness. Um, these ones, the reversing of the up, it's fine because it's like, you know, overrunning. You don't hear anything. It changes direction and a pawl engages into like a basically a big, a huge ratcheting feature mm -hmm. um, that's engaged to the uh, the wear material that goes against the friction discs. Um, but when you, if you, especially at a loud, like a, a fast, uh, cue where you like accelerate quickly it is a uh, very concerning sound and <laughs> oh oh that's normal okay mm. you get, you get used right. to it quickly but it's um 
you know, they all have their quirks. And then, and then the other thing was, was, you know, as we run it through a battery of cycle testing at full load, full speed, um, all that friction heats up those friction discs quite a lot. Um, and so I, after I did a like maybe half hour or an, somewhere, somewhere between a half hour and hour of mm-hmm. cycle testing at full speed, um, and then I was like, all right, I'm going to run some slow cues, like really creeping, like, you know, one inch per second. And I was starting to get this like cyclical squeaking. And I was like, oh, what happened? What changed? Like nothing. And and then it, it took took a while, but like came out, you know, Breezy and I were staring at it and just put our hand just vaguely in the, the proximity of the brake. And you're like, oh, that is scorching hot. And actually what's happening is like the thermal expansion is so much from just cycling oh. it that it the the discs have started to expand and and so you gave it like 45 minutes to cool down which mm-hmm. is really what it, what it needed to to shrink again and then it was like oh no it doesn't make any noise it was only at very low speeds mm-hmm. you know it'd be in basically it's or maybe it, and potentially it was even the the expansion plus the brake material having heated up um you'd get this interesting fun noise fun noise not mm-hmm. very very disconcerting sounding noise but ultimately it's just like oh it's it's definitely right there you know you can put the stethoscope right on you're like that's it. <laughs> it's it's this uh, kooky break scheme, but cool. Yeah. Well, and the other thing worth pointing out too is you know the uh, but the cycle testing you were doing was literally you know like it's a five second move and wait a second and then do another five second move and then wait a second and do another five second move. So right. it's like, we're like strength testing really high duty. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it's full, a really high duty load. Full, like f- a little more than fully loaded. Yeah. More slightly more than sixty hertz output, yeah, and just completion cues up yeah. down up down as yes. fast as you can go. It's like probably something you're never actually ever going to do in the real world. Yeah, yeah, right. a very marginal case for case. I have twenty five feet of travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we almost. I mean, I mean, that's the interesting thing about this this specific customer was like these are. Our limited travel in the shop is almost the same as theirs. Is their actual travel? travel. Yeah. Mm. They have a couple feet more. Right. It's usually never the case. It's That's ver- pretty cool. It's very rare. So. Yeah. Yeah. So all in all, it uh, seems like those are going pretty good. And when, you know, humming along on both those projects now in production, um, things are hitting the floor hot and heavy this week and uh, more more custom gigs to come. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a whole list of uh, ones we decided not to talk about this time. So. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. Next time we uh, we record, there'll be like another three, two or three big gigs pushing out, and some stock products being developed through the shop. So yeah, yeah. So it's a busy time here at the moment. Yeah, busy, busy summers uh, for for us. So hopefully, I was gonna say they got you got your money's worth, but again, this is free. (laughs) (laughs) But if you'd like to make a donation. (laughs) <laughs> sure. My Venmo is. <laughs> um, I guess the only other last thing to mention too is just that uh, Creative Connors. Uh, oh yeah. As of the day of this recording, um, not to break the timeline too bad, is uh, has officially been a company for 19 years. Gareth started yeah. this uh, this company 19 years ago today. Um, so big kudos to him. Yes. Uh, if you if you see him out in the wild or. You visit his LinkedIn page. Give him a, give him the old pat on the back. We, we're super stoked he did it. <laughs> yes, we wouldn't um, be here without him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah. Anywho, thanks. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. See you.